It must be worrying when you know, see people start flapping around you in a hospital and you don't know why. Honestly, like, but until you see like John Candy and Rowdy Roddy Piper holding a door open and going, <laughs> <laughs> oh, until you see that, I think you're okay. Who wouldn't go through that door? <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, shoot him up. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like shoot him up, we're a better investment than a crib, which I think they mean a cot, like a child's cot, which technically is true because a crib is only going to be needed for, I don't know, like three, 3.5 years max, whereas Films on Trial is timeless. So if there are any prospective parents out there <laughs> debating whether to go for a crib <laughs> or a Films on Trial patron subscription, then I think we all know what the right option would be. <laughs> so you'd pick Films on Trial instead of a crib, would you, if you had a child? Yes. Where would, you, I, I where would, would your baby sleep then? Uh, a, a cupboard with a deep drawer. Uh, <laughs> just chuck in a few towels and stick films on trial on the baby monitor and it'll all be good you also suggest that no films on trial will just send the baby to sleep <laughs> yes if Joel's uh, given an argument it surely will uh, <laughs> now this week's film on trial is the 2007 action film shoot em up is it Clive Owen shoot em up or is it Clive Owen shooting up uh, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that Clive Owen does shoot up just in case Clive and his lawyers are listening. It was merely for comedic effect. However, if I was going to suggest that Clive Owen does take a drug, it would probably be a gentleman's drug like opium. Anyway, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> essentially well, uh, sorry, I've just gone off uh, way uh, off track here. Totally uh, off script. <laughs> essentially, we're going to find out if this film is going to be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. Uh, just to say, this will be a very spoiler-free episode, so if you haven't seen Shoot 'em Up yet, it is available for free if you do have an Netflix subscription. If not, you can just trust our judgments. Uh, this is also going to be a quiz around the 40-minute mark, which is going to be brought to us by the lovely Alex. But before we go on, our last film on trial was Mulan. Uh, Ozzy, you judged that film and you deemed that it should be placed on the hit list. Now, you've since gone away. You've watched the film. What do you reckon? Did you make the right call? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I did. I think it is. Um, it's really well shot. Clearly, a lot of money spent. The It was good, but I'm glad that I was forewarned about what to expect. It was not the, you know, it was not the laugh a minute light-hearted take that I was used to um, from... It was missing Eddie, wasn't it? It needed an Eddie. In there, well, you know, that, yeah, in, in some regard, maybe it did. But in actual fact, I kind of I kind of appreciated that it wasn't that. I thought it felt a lot more authentic. And I think Dave's argument was about um, it being more respectful, a bit reverential to the um, to maybe the story. I don't know that, you know, I don't know the, the, the traditional version of it, but it felt like it was paying some real homage to... Um, to a traditional method of storytelling, and um, and I felt like some of the uh, like some of the some of the action scenes felt like uh, like a traditional like uh, sort of martial arts film at times. So you know, I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it, um, but yeah, it was just very different to what you'd expect from a Disney film. So yeah, 
Right. Well, thank you very much, Austin. Um, so, on to the trial. Now, all the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So, acting in defence and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Alex. Now, I know that you've missed this over the past two weeks. but I already this... know, don't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it, Gav? It is, is it? yes. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But well, it now, is. so what I do here is I, I, I make a little insult about the, the presenter. <laughs> Medium to large-sized insult <laughs> uh, compared on one of the cast of all characters from the film. Uh, so, Alex, why would you reckon I'd be comparing you to Paul Giamatti? Because, uh, to be fair, I do look a bit like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> the only thing is Paul Giamatti has more hair than me. <laughs> 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 You know what? I'm going to leave it at that. Man originally said, by, <laughs> by all accounts, he's a really nice guy. Um, so, you know, you've just dug your hole there. Uh, I'm just going to move on. Um, and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Ozzy and Dave. Ozzy is just like Monica Bellucci. He's very stylish, and at least two people on this call have a massive crush on them. I've tried to make that three, Gav. (laughs) (laughs) And Dave is a little bit like Stephen McHattie, a commanding presence and voice, but who has looked twice his age for the past 20 years. (laughs) Now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts, which means this week I will be playing the judge, and I'm a little bit like Clive Owen, a terrible actor. (laughs) Oh, uh, <laughs> no, come on. I, I'm, only right, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Yeah, I'm only joking. I'm not that bad. <laughs> Aren't you also the judge? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to have a good though, time on this one. <laughs> seriously, though, I don't, I don't mind Clive Owen. I'm just trying to rile Alex up. Now, I, I must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to me and not using my own opinions. And I will try my best to remain as impartial as I can be um, but I will warn you that I have just recently listened to the New Year's Eve episodes of Films on Trial. Um, <laughs> Dave started. Dave, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I always started. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm going to try and forget all of the bad impressions and insults made about me. Um, I mean, to be fair, you right. You say that Dave started it, right? Dave was a little bit like Trump outside the Capitol, right? He was the one pulling the strings, but you two idiots, <laughs> you two idiots were the ones storming the place. Ran right in, started taking photos. <laughs> well, let's be honest now, which of us is actually going to get impeached? Cause... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now, before we get started, I think that we should try and give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the revamped Wheel of Impressions. Are you ready, guys? <laughs> is this from last week? Is this, from... Oh, no, this is our life now. This is also oh, pointing on Dave. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, David stands on you again. Uh, so, how Can would I... you like Dave to do the impression? So, Alex, may, what are you going to say? May I request Monica Bellucci? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you do Monica Bellucci without being a bit racist I mean it's just no, an Italian just a, accent, a smooth it? Italian a man named Mr. Smith yeah you can do that <laughs> you, want, you want me to do Monica <laughs> Bellucci okay a man named Mr. Smith delivers a woman's baby during a shootout and is then called to protect the newborn from the army of gunmen 
Dave went a little bit banderas, no, not gonna lie, but I, I'm gonna ring you before I go to sleep every night and I want you to do that exact voice <laughs> so I need to read me a little story. That was lovely. That was on that man. Also, did you, um I probably you probably won't have had the chance to listen to um, last week's episode, Alex, but you did an off the cuff impression of Harvey Firestein. <laughs> like and if you were to close your eyes, you would think that Harvey Firestein was in the room. <laughs> Uh, I don't Even know with your you eyes open, uh, there's a passing resemblance going on right now. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, uh, so uh, without further hesitation, allow me to kick off proceedings. So, um, yeah, what the hell is this film about? Because uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I was so transfixed with how Dave was delivering that synopsis that I didn't actually listen to the context. Uh, so if we're okay to start with the defense, just tell me a little bit about this film. Why is it so good? What are your favorite parts of it? generally what happens alex okay i'll start with a quick rundown of the plot i say quick because there's not a lot to go through this is a one hour and 26 movie uh, minute movie it's action it knows what it's doing and it's not really here it's called shoot em up do you know what i mean it's not really here to deliver you an intense amount of plot uh basically uh, it begins with clive owen sees a woman who's pregnant uh, being chased by men he ends up very in the first like five minutes he delivers the baby shoots all of the men um runs away uh, the woman the mum gets shot and he basically starts looking after this baby he's chased all over town he get he enlists the help of monica bellucci who's a sex worker to help him to look after the baby paul giamatti is the villain who's chasing him it keeps escalating it turns out that the baby's been um harvested basically being created by a senator to give him a life-saving organ transplant or something of that nature or stem cell or something like that and it just things basically escalate until at the end, you know, you have you 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 sort of, you know it all comes together. It's a very it's a very simple plot, and it's not really the main driving focus of the film. Like I say, this is a film called <laughs> Shoot 'Em Up. You know, you'd be expecting just, you know, but by its own title, it's not being it's not being asked to be taken seriously. I I often have a problem with films that are a bit. Um, you know, like Sucker Punch or ones like that that are a bit sort of ironic. They know that they're action, something like that, and they don't, you know, they don't really take themselves too seriously, but actually they do. I, I, I think Shoot 'em Up gets the tone absolutely perfect in, in this. And I've really have enjoyed it. I've watched it, I'd say, about eight or nine times, just because when I want to watch wanna when I want to watch an action film, this is what I put on. Um the main the main point, right, is don't take this film too seriously. And, that, and that's what I'm trying to do. I love it, but you know what I mean? It's just it's just a film to enjoy and to, and, and to love. But the main thing I'd like, that I really want to put, put across is this is smart people who have made a stupid film intentionally, okay? This isn't a bad film in the sense of the direction or the um, acting or the script, okay? It's stupid. It's, a stu- you know, it, it's not trying to be a clever script. It's not trying to be... Um, but it's really well directed. It's really well put together. There's not a wasted second. And for one hour and 26 minutes, you just, you know, it, it, this isn't, you know, I think the last five or six films we've put on trial have been two hour long, you know, Mulan, two hours, Noel, two hours, 10 minutes, you know, Mank, two hours, 10 minutes, Christmas Chronicles, nearly two hours. This doesn't outstay its welcome. It's just a good, you, you know, when you want just that quick little action injection, that's what you get. It's got incredibly inventive action as well. It sort of go. it has the movie tropes, you know, so it starts off with like, you know, uh, the bad guy, the henchman, the, you know, at the start of a normal action film, the henchmen have failed. They've been taken over, you know, the heroes won <clears throat> and uh, had one over them. The, the big bad guy turns up 
the henchman goes, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry, sir. And the, the bad guy shoots him. Do you know what I mean? And, and it always, it, always, it does them. It in, enjoys these movie tropes of shoot em up films, but it spins it on, it does, does a little spin on it. So, you know, Paul Giamatti, the guy's being shot in the arse. And the guy's going, oh, sorry. And you think Paul Giamatti's going to shoot him. And in the end, he shoots him in, the, in his other arse cheek, basically. Not sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, you know, it's not going for, <laughs> not, not going for like the high, you know, have a cocktail and go like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it, but, but it, but it sort of works and it puts a nice little spin. You're like, oh, this isn't, this is a shoot 'em up film, but it's doing like nice little spins on it, you know? And the best part of this film and, and more important than the plot and, and anything else is the action. And the action doesn't get stale all the way through this. I, I would say, and I know if Joel was here, he'd go absolutely crazy if you heard me say this. I think this is a better action film than John Wick, okay? <laughs> I really do. No, I really do. I feel like John Wick, I get a bit bored by the end of a John Wick film, to be honest, especially by the end of the third one, because all he's doing is seems to be jumping up on people, spinning around, and then blowing their brains out. Do you know what I mean? And he keeps doing the same sort of thing again and again and again. It's good, don't get me wrong, but it, it's a bit, it gets a bit samey. Every action sequence in Shoot 'em Up has got a new spin on the Shoot 'em Up action. You know, it, it begins where you know you have a bit of acrobats of him jumping through windows and doing roly polies and stuff like that and shooting people. Then, then it just escalates all the way through the film and it just becomes more and more ludicrous. But it starts off light, but so you don't you don't instantly think this is just stupid, and you know switch off. And it gets more and more ludicrous as thing goes on. So. <laughs> you know, he has him. He shoots a sign when he's being chased. He shoots a sign, so he so the message says "fuck you" to the people who are following him. Uh, he has a bit bit where his fun, his gun falls in the toilet and it's wet, so he has to dry it. So he starts taking the gun apart as he's having this action fight scene with people. Uh, he starts shooting a merry-go-round uh, to get the baby off, so people can't uh, fire the baby. Uh, he makes he has this great thing that he does all the way through, which keeps building up, where he'll shoot different objects to make like a little obstacle course for him. So he'll shoot like bodies. So they fall in exactly the right position. So he can then do like a somersault off the bodies and shoot someone who's hiding behind a, a corner. It's nuts. Do you know what I mean? It's nuts, but it's fun. And it's like, it's inventive. It's not just bang, 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 bang. I've got another Uzi, Uzi, Uzi. Um, sorry, I, I could talk forever. I'll, I'll go through the action sequences and I'll shut up. One thing to say about the action sequences, there's no explosions. And this is what I'm, this is what I'm saying about. In a, a, a lazy action director throws explosions in, doesn't care, puts all of his stupid stuff in. It, it is thoughtfully stupid, this film. You know, uh, It's got an action sex scene. You've never seen it, but Clive Owen and Monica Bellucci have a sex scene that ends into a shoot em. You know, It ends with people firing into the room, and he starts shooting at people as he's having sex. Uh, yes, Alex, I, I will say that I've seen several <laughs> action sex scenes before. Have you well, ever no, seen? I mean, literally, they're having sex as they are shooting. Alex, have you never seen like Diary of a Window Cleaner? You know what I mean? Like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I I I, I withdraw the point. Um, like uh, he, he basically does a Home Alone se- sequence in a gun factory. There's a car chase where the gun's out of reach and he keeps using He uses carrots in incredibly inventive ways all the way through it. Um, there's bits where there's an air fight where people are firing through the air and he's shooting guns at people in parachutes. Um, you know, it, it just... And, and at the end, he kills Paul Giamatti by holding bullets in his hand and put, putting, him, putting his hand into the fire so the bullets shoot out of his hand. And kill and kill Paul Giamatti. The ludicrousness just builds up all the way through it, right? And like, I'll I'll finish on this point, my main point, which is, I could I can completely understand, Gav, how you could listen to all of that and go, that's utter shit. Do you know what I mean? That just sounds shit from start to finish. 
fair play. I mean, it's not entertaining maybe for everyone, but this is a smart, smart people have made this film. They have made a good film with a different direction. It might not be for everyone, but it's, it's been, it's very well crafted all the way through. Okay, thank you very much for that, Alex. Very, very passionate defence there. Um, moving on to Dave, why is this film shit? <laughs> and, and also, <laughs> I just want you to elaborate on the little point that <laughs> just perked my interest there. He uses carrots inventively all the way through it. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah, from almost the first scene. I, yeah, didn't, much, it, I didn't think I could get any stupider. <laughs> from that point on but actually I mean I'm going to just jump in maybe that's where uh, maybe John Wick did take quite a lot of inspiration from this film based on that you know the pencil uh, you, you can line. kill someone with anything if you put your mind to it so, uh, exactly I mean that's yeah. what he says isn't it he puts a carrot sorry but he puts a carrot in someone's mouth right at the beginning the first guy kills hmm. smashes it through so it goes out the back of his head he just goes, eat your vegetables. <laughs> and then cracks on. I'll come to quotes later because it's so good. Sorry, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, I've got, I've got I some will, quotes I will as well. mute myself because, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, there you go. That's one of the worst lines in the whole film. You know, that's, that's, that's the kind of level of quote we're looking at here. Yeah, carrots are a big thing throughout it. He's eating carrots throughout um, because the director liked Bugs Bunny. It's a reference. Clive Owen's meant to be like a Bugs Bunny character and Paul Giamatti's meant to be like Elmer Fudd. He references it throughout. You know, he even has Clive Owen say, what's up, Doc, at what point, which Paul Giamatti replies, you're a wascally wabbit and all that. It's, uh, yeah, it was kind of a, yeah it's, it's a Bugs Bunny reference. And he admits that. It's, it's, that's, what, that's what the carrots are about. But yeah, he, he kills two people with carrots, one in the eye, one through the mouth, as Alex said. He uses the carrot in like the, where the trigger is to like shoot people. Yeah, it's, it's inventive. I'll give him that. But it's just like there's a, probably a reason why action directors haven't used these sort of sequences before. I haven't. It's it's absolutely bonkers. Like Alex said, it's absolutely ludicrous. This is absolutely batshit crazy. This film, and the thing that I think the director Michael Davis, he's not really done anything else of note. Um, it, it took him a long time to get shoot 'em up made. To be fair to him, um, I've not really seen anything from him since. I don't think he's made a film since. Um, but he. Well, once you've made shoot up, Dave, where is there to go? That's <laughs> 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 just sarcasm from the fucking judge. All right. <laughs> he, he set out, basically. He was inspired. I know there was, a, there was a Warner Brothers reference. He was inspired by that. He was inspired by other things. He was inspired by um, the Spaghetti Westerns, which is why we don't know anything about Clive Owen's character. That could be an excuse for, for there's no character to him. We don't know anything about his past. We, don't, we barely even know his name. I think he's called Smith. Um, but he's like the man with no name. So that influenced that. And the other thing that influenced him quite notably of all is John Woo's uh, Hard Boiled and other action films from, from the Hong Kong cinema era of like the 1980s. Uh, and he actually put this in his pitch as this is John Woo's wet dream. That was his pitch to the studio heads. And I think, I, I don't think this is John Woo's wet dream at all. I think, you know, there's a huge difference between the <laughs> style. I mean, I don't want to put words in John Woo's mouth. I, I, but, I, I object. I think this is absolutely what John Woo would I mean, wake up. Covered. I had a look to see if John Woo was on Twitter. but um. It depends where the, where the wetness is coming from. To be honest. <laughs> Maybe it was John Woo's brown dream. <laughs> it's, uh, it'll give him an uncomfortable night's sleep at any rate, you know, it's one way or another. Um, but I think what he's lacking, even though he's been influenced by John Woo quite heavily, he's lacking in the style of John Woo. He doesn't have that knack for direct. John Woo is one of the best action directors of all time. And yet, you know, he, he chose his icon well, but he's not emulated him well. And I think to, to stamp John Woo all over it and say, oh, this is inspired by him. This is what he'd love. 
I think, no, he's, he's misunderstood. John Woo has a sincerity to his direction, even though he, when he's inserting comedy into his action, you know, I mean, hard-boiled, there's a scene where Chow Yun-Fat has uh, a shootout with a lot of henchmen while he's got a little baby strapped to him. That's It was that scene that really just made him, made, he saw that and was like, that's brilliant. I'm going to make a film around that concept. And that's what he tried to do. But, you know, the scenes where Chow Yun-Fat's get, got bullets raining around him and stuff like that, and he just covers the child's ears. Just, you know, there's bullets flying left, right and center and he decides to cover the, to protect the child's uh, hearing for a moment. You know, little moments like that were funnier than all of the jokes in Shoot 'em Up and with like minimal effort. Whereas this is really trying hard to try and make you laugh and try and go for punchy lines and it doesn't really succeed. It was, for all these influences, I feel he's fallen short and I feel he didn't take this film seriously enough. If you're going to make a parody, you know, it's like Alex said, you've got to be serious about making an, a non-serious film and i don't think he was i don't think he committed to this i don't think he went all the way and i don't think the cast did either to be honest with you i think you've really got to commit to the batshit to make this work and clive owen i don't think is a leading man to make that happen uh, you know we were talking about you know zombie Dettol. i think he's already on it because he's delivered a monotonous performance <laughs> in most of his i think clive owen does give quite monotonous performances that's the way he acts he's not a bad actor clive owen but i think there's certain performances that work for him and work for his style of delivery and there's certain films that don't i think you know films like closer that worked king arthur did not um you know children of men that worked uh, Inside Man, that worked. Sin City did not. Shoot him up, did not. I don't think he's got the charisma to lead this. I don't think he's got the charisma to deliver these lines. So I think all in all, you know, and you've got to commit. You've got to go all in when you've got this terrible dialogue. What the director's kind of relied on is just basically excusing everything with it's so bad it's good. It's like, but you know, the, in that air, in that skydiving sequence where he's having a gunfight in the skydiving, and the green screen is horrendous. It's one of the worst green screen, screen green screen uses I think I've seen in a long time. And it's like, but it's so bad, it's good. It's like, no, no, it's just really bad. And it's like the dialogue, this script is awful, but it's so bad, it's good. No, it's not. It's just bad. And it's like, oh, but the action sequences, yeah, the action sequences are aren't as good as you think. Who are you having a conversation with, though? I don't I, know. I'm having an internal voice. <laughs> 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 Me and John Woo stuck in here. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> but it's, uh, we were just, it's, it, it, so bad it's good. Okay, that's what got Snakes on a Plane made. That's what made Snakes on a Plane a success. This wasn't, didn't achieve that same level of success just because, you know, you, that doesn't excuse you making a bad film. It doesn't excuse a bad script. It doesn't excuse bad performances, bad directing, bad special effects. It only gets you so far, especially with the budget that this film's got. This film did not make its budget back. It flopped. Yeah. And I think that's due to bad marketing more than the, the context of the film itself. You know, box office doesn't... Sorry, I, I, was, I was just going to say, do you think that's down to marketing, though? I know that... Yeah, no, absolutely. Plane, a big, you, you can't take box office into account, really, when it comes down to these things. You know, we've seen many good films flop. And we've seen Poor films, absolute pieces yeah. of crap, you know, make it make an absolute killing at the box office. But it didn't make its budget back. There was a considerable budget to this, a decent amount of money. And, you know, it wasn't used wisely enough. You know, it's not there on the page. You've got to be serious when you're trying to not be serious. When you're trying to make a comedy film, you've got to commit. Exactly. Just look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jr. 
<laughs> you got to go method. The benchmark <laughs> for comedy. Um, uh, now, uh, Alex, uh, Dave touched upon characters there. Uh, I think it's a separate debate that myself and Dave are probably going to have after this goes off air as to what a good Clive Owen performance has been. <laughs> There's a few in there that I disagreed with, uh, Dave. Uh, but yeah, he mentioned Clive Owen's performance and said it was very monotonous. Uh, I, I, what to say to that? I mean, Dave also mentions hard boiled and you know, Charlie, yeah, yeah, the John Woo. Yeah, and when you when you think about like John Woo films, uh, it, they're sort of character driven, and maybe the style of like that western of having a character who's really mysterious mm. and doesn't have a backstory maybe doesn't work that well with this film, or, or does it? I don't know. Tell me. Well, I would disagree that the character doesn't have a backstory. Um, I and and I would say you know. Uh, if you're going into it with sort of a, you know, the, is this going to be like John Woo? Is this going to be a cinematic? Then, I, you know, a bit, you've, I, I'd just say personally, I maybe wouldn't have found it as entertaining then myself. I sort of went into it more like this is a shoot 'em up film. I want to watch a shoot 'em up film. And this is a very good shoot 'em up film, you know? Um, I, I would say there is, there is character development. And I think it's done quite well uh, in the sense that they don't try and do a lot of it, but what they do is quite, is, is, is nicely done. It's a, it's a film that talks about people losing children, you know. Um, you have Cl- Cl- Clive Owen, and I think Clive Owen um, fits the role well here. I would agree and say that, you know, Clive Owen isn't my favourite actor, but I really like this performance. I just think it works. You know, he is quite monotonous in some things. And in, in this one, you know, he's delivering lines like, um, you know, one of his first lines is when he shoots the signs, he goes, fuck you, you fucking fuckers. You know, eat your vegetables after he slammed a carrot through someone's um, things. At one point, he gets uh, he has to he has to cut off someone's hand to use a thumb trigger on a gun because it's like basically because it's because um, it's being used by other people. So he has to he has to cut off a thumbprint so he can then access the gun and shoot it. And after he shoots the guy with it, he just goes nothing like a good hand job. Do you know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm sorry. I was just I was watching it yesterday and I was just like, bah! you know, and I've, I've seen it before. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's uh, it's got it's got a really good script. Um, but yeah, t- talking about the characters, there's not a lot because this film isn't trying to do a deep character study. It isn't trying to be serious at all. It, um, Clive Owen's character sort of you don't really know a lot about him for the first 45 minutes, except that he's very misanthropic. So you have his character development where he keeps going, "Do you know what I hate?" And he says something he hates, and he sort of goes through like that. And and yeah, about halfway through the film, I would say, God, you know, you, you are getting a bit like you know what what who is this guy you know why is he doing these things and then actually you start it's a weird film because it starts dripping in the character backstory as the film goes on so you sort of find out about you know um halfway through the film a little bit about him that actually he he was in black ops he was sort of part of the uh, army uh, then he was a crack shot that he his, his father was a gunsmith um and so you find out all of these little bits and right at the end of the film that's when you find out actually that he's lost his wife and son. So he's lost a wife and son and uh, they were shot by shotguns that he himself sold to the killers, basically. So you find out these things and it's it's not going for like deep heart strings being pulled, but it's a very interesting backstory. It's very simple, but it's very interesting. It's a good character motivation. And a lot of what's happened earlier on in the film makes sense. Monica Bellucci, who's incredible in this, um, you know, she's just, you know, She's a sex worker, and I really like the fact that she's just a sex worker in this film. You know, there's no apology made for that. I, I, I think 
in that respect, it's an interesting, very interesting character. She's lost her own child, and it, and it comes up throughout the. It comes up later in the film that it's actually quite hard for her to deal with having to carry this baby round uh, while her own child was born, stillborn after she got punched uh, by her pimp. So there's an awful. There is a lot of like depth. There's an odd depth to this film that sort of grounds it a little bit. And so you have all this ludicrous stuff going on that's absolutely nuts and, and, and stuff like that. But there's, a, there's an interesting little bits that tether you to, to being grounded. Paul Giamatti, uh, all the way through the film, keeps getting calls from his wife, who he's having marital problems with. He says, I'll be home for the birthday party soon. You know, and he's saying this is he's just been shot and he's surrounded by dead people and he's having this conversation. So, so I, I'd say there is quite a lot of... Um, Character development. One one last thing I'd say as well is there's also sort of little themes that run throughout the film. So, you know, I started by talking you all the way through that nut stuff that was going on, and there's all that carrot stuff as well. You can enjoy all of that. But it's actually kind of got something to say about gun control, this film, which is odd considering it's about, you know, guns are all the way through it. But there's a, there's a sort of a, a subplot about corruption of officials. So a senator who's meant to be anti-gun is corrupted by... Hammerson, who's played by Steve, Stephen McHattie, who's a gunsmith himself. Um, and there's a really great line. I think one of my favorite bits that run through the film is that really interesting line where Stephen McHattie sort of says to Paul Giamatti, he says, you know, what, what I want to know about you is, are you, um, are you a tough guy or are you just a pussy with a gun? You know, he says, like, America, basically, the great thing about America is all you need to do is have a gun and then you can become a tough guy. Do you know what I mean? But basically, some people are still just pussies with guns, which, you know what I mean? For the gun people, gun-toting NRA in America, they won't particularly like to be hearing that, you know? And um, at the end of the film, you know, that's the last line that uh, Clive Owen says to Paul Giamatti. He says, you know, you're just a pussy with a gun. And as Paul Giamatti, this last thing he hears, he goes like, ah, and dies. So... You know, yes, there, there is there is a lot of nut stuff going on, but there's enough sort of actual little bits of proper character stuff going on. And the last thing I just say, the the thing that Dave's saying, it's you know, it's it's trying to be so bad it's good. I honestly don't think so. Yeah, it knows it's ludicrous, but the tone isn't trying to be so absurd that it's just like, oh, if you, you can forgive us on this, it doesn't do that. Which I think directors like Zack Schneider try and get away with quite a lot. I honestly don't think that this film does do that. That that is the the main thing that Dave said that I would totally disagree with. I don't think it is. It knows that it's daft, but it's actually it actually puts some quite interesting things in there as well about the characters and a little bit about gun control as well, as a very minor part to the shoot 'em up aspect of the film. Oh, okay, uh, thank you very much, Alex. Um, Ozzy, uh, firstly. Um, uh, just so I, I can, I, I'm just so surprised with how uh, passionate Alex is about all this. It's, it's, I am also <laughs> incredibly surprised <laughs> how passionate Alex is about all this. Like, but, honestly, like, like I, I, I don't think you were this passionate about Tree of Life or films that I know that you genuinely, <laughs> genuinely love. This is this is incredible. Uh, like, but anyway, sorry, I, I'm just getting uh, through it off track. Ozzy, tell me a little bit about the characters. Uh, you know, Dave alluded to something area about Clive Owen's character. Alex actually said that they've actually got quite a lot of depth. And then he also said that behind the characters, you know, there's well, there's that odd depth that you're speaking about. But there's also some messages about gun control that I found quite interesting as well. So uh, firstly, a little bit about the characters. And then uh, would you care to dispute or maybe expand on what Alex said about gun control? Or accept. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I will say is to just draw you back to one of the main points that, that Alex brought up at the very start of his argument and that's essentially this is a this is a film that's incredibly light on plot 
light on character development. It's light on everything because it's called Shoot 'em Up. I I didn't count, but it was well over a hundred people. It's a body count. It's just like that's you know that's like a death a minute, essentially. It is just it's relentless in terms of just being action for action's sake. It's a bit like watching your mate playing a computer game. Like a, just an incredibly violent computer game, you know. <laughs> just, uh, just, I will say though that um, Unbreakable starts off with uh, over 150 deaths at the beginning. So you know, if you can cram them all into 30 seconds, <laughs> well, then you've yeah. got the rest of the film to work with. <laughs> but you know, and and in some instances, I can totally see why somebody might might enjoy this. I think this is a film that you, is very much a Marmite film, and characters wise, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to touch that much on it because nothing. There's no. There's no more to it than people are who they are. Like Dave said, is that you're not really introduced to this guy. He's just sat on a bench eating a carrot when uh when the mother walks past him, you know, and she he's try you know, he's essentially trying to just sit on the bench. You don't know why he sat on the bench when later on he gets a call off his wife, like, why haven't you come home? You know, he's just. just yeah, sat I want to know why night. characters are sat on benches. That's but, one of my main. Well, what, I, what, what I mean is, you never, you never really find out why he's there instead of being at the birthday party. You know, it all, it, it, he's just, he's just there. Oh, yeah, that's doing not it. Clive Owen who's going to the birthday party though. Clive Owen, Clive Owen doesn't have the son. He's the guy with the carrot. No, no. Oh, oh, he's the guy with the carrot. Anywho, anywho, what happens is you know it doesn't really matter. The characters are irrelevant. <laughs> it's just about watching people get shot. There's okay. like. And and I think in terms of um, in terms of Alex's arguments, you know, now that he's now that he's brought that out, I think Alex is probably right. This is a case of people who are very clever trying to make a film that's essentially making fun of people who are not very clever. We've made this film to just be a mindless shoot 'em up thing, and then they've put in all of these little uh, little bits of trivia, little bits of you know. Um, the the Elmer Fudd, uh, Bugs Bunny thing. All of these little Easter eggs are hidden within there because it's an in-joke for them. This is all funny for us. This is all... Um, you know, can I, I did a bit of reading around it to get there. You know, all of the, the Clive Owen stuff, they're all digs at essentially him from playing Driver. So he's, he's in the same car that he was in. In that, there was bits because he missed out on being James Bond. So his first gun is the James Bond gun and it doesn't work. So he throws it away and he's like, it's a load of shit anyway. And it's all, the thing is an hour and a half worth of in-jokes. And, and you know, and maybe this this gun control thing, this gun control message is actually in there, but it's completely lost because that's the only people who are going to know about that are, are the people who made the film. The rest of it, it's just, it, it's mindless entertainment for the sake of it. This is the sort of film where... This is very much a bloke's bloke's film. You know, the footy Just lads like Alex. are going to enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, that's why I was kind of surprised that Alex is so passionate about it because this for me felt like uh, the footy lads, the jocks. This is, this is that sort of enjoyment. People's girlfriends aren't enjoying this. Pe- people, you know, this, this is not oh. a film for everyone. Not in the slightest. Like, there's, there's, there's just... No, honestly, I, I found it pretty tedious and I, I I actually went into this quite open-minded because it was only an hour and 20 odd minutes long I was like yes we have got two hours I can eat you know like this is it's about like 90 something minutes or something I was like I could get this in no problem and um and normally you know just like a long episode you know you watch longer series in, in a block I don't know there's no character development but it it tends to I, Alex is right it's there's some very inventive 
shooting scenes, you know, in in terms of an action film, it just felt to me like like a computer game. I think if this was a computer game, you'd probably really enjoy it because it'd be quite engaging if you were the guy controlling the uh, controlling the main character trying to get through all of this. But um, as a film, not much happens other than shooting people. Exactly, and and who doesn't want to eat carrots and perform sex acts whilst in, in the middle of a gunfight? You know, <laughs> every man's. Dream. I was gonna say. I mean, I was gonna try and tie it into because the whole thing's about this guy becoming, you know, a, a, the unwanting uh, custodian of a baby. You know, and, and and originally I wanted to try and like liken it to something as though you know Leon, whatever, where it's an action scene of somebody looking after Ooh, a baby. Let's, but let's, let's not, that, let's it not bring Leon back but into it. <laughs> but it, but it, it's, not, it's not even as well thought out as that, you know? Okay, okay, thanks, Elsie. Um, right, so j- just quickly, Dave, um, is there something there that Ozzy said that you wanted to add to? Kind of, yeah. It was something we were talking about, um, anti-gun uh, sort of... Uh, bits that are snuck in there alex is quite right the director has gone for kind of an anti-gun message which is funny seeing as a lot of the marketing was banned for glorifying gun violence uh, but it is there you know there's, there's a quote that paul giamatti has after he gets off the phone with his wife he's like uh, what's the difference between a wife and, a, and an assault rifle it's like you can put a silencer on an assault rifle and that's a joke actually lifted from an nra website you know that's why they put that in there so there is an anti and you know the, the, it's the bad guy who makes that joke yeah thanks yeah yeah it's the villain yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there is that there is the yeah, boys if Clyde Owen made that joke you'd be like yeah, whoa that's not so good. <laughs> there is that boys will be boys misogyny going on throughout the film but you know it's mostly coming from paul giamatti but there's a quote that alex mentioned and he didn't give the retort to the quote and this is one of the things that i think you know that the film's got a message but then it ruins its own message. You know, it's the quote about, you know, people love guns because America's a land of opportunity where a poor man can become rich and where a pussy can become a tough guy if he's got a gun in his hand. Now, I'm hoping you're not just a pussy with a gun in his hand. Yeah, that is a, a, a gun control message. There's something in there to read into, but Paul Giamatti's response ruins it. Oh, no, sir. No, I am not. I'm a tough guy with a pussy in my hand. And at that point, the message was just lost on me and I'm sat there like, What? I think it's quite a good line. I, quite... I think it's a terrible <laughs> line. I I if I'd remembered absolute... it, I'd have said it myself. <laughs> I think I, I had to go looking for it, to like kind of like, what was that line again about that? It was just something that just like made me look up from my phone. I was just like, what? So I, he... I, don't, I don't get it. Is he saying that the guns are pussy? Or I don't he, get it. He... No, I've no idea what he's saying. But he's just it, he's kind of flipped it, but not very well. It it thinks it's smarter than it is, and it's that thing that Ozzy was saying about. They probably found it funny. You know, the director is probably pissing himself laughing through every frame of this film with these in-jokes and these references that he's and these homages that he's put in there. But it is getting lost on the audience. And just when you see a glimmer of, oh, okay, there's an anti-gun message there, it's kind of ruined. You forget about the anti-gun message because you're just like, what is this script? What is that line meant to mean? Dave, and you lose it. Do you think that maybe it was lost on you because uh, you're not a lad's lad? You know, a bloke's bloke. Yeah. <laughs> like me, Dave. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Just like Alex. Do you think maybe no, I mean, if you would have played a bit more rugby and gone for a few more pints, you might have appreciated it a bit more. Exactly. I mean, the, guy, the guy's pitch was it all. It's like John Woo's wet dream, lots of guns, lots of people dying, Monica Bellucci, sexist jokes. Yay. Let's whoa, make it whoa. Let's there make it. aren't sexist jokes. There's, oh, no, they're the NRA joke. is It's kind of misogynistic. There's, there's, there's one, yeah. And it's there's said a, there's by the villain. There's not there's sexist jokes all the way through the film. <laughs> uh, um, Alex, right, so yeah. we've, we've spoken a little bit about the dialogue. Uh, like, several people have alluded to the action. Um, and I can see that it is also quite a comedic film as well. So sometimes I think when you're making an action comedy 
it's quite difficult to strike the balance up between uh, the two of them. How well is it done? And then can you give us a few examples of your favourite bits maybe? So it's not trying to be an action comedy. It's just trying to like, uh, you know, it's 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 that bit, you know, there's, there's that movie trope, isn't it, where the after the bad guy kills someone in an inventive way, they make a little line, you know, which is eat your vegetables, you know, uh, nothing like a good hand job and stuff like that. It's 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 not an action comedy. It's more just trying to be pure action. And, and this is what it's going for. It's trying to go for just, it's, it's like a pure action film. It's trying to just unfilter everything else and just be pure action. But also just putting in the layers of quite interesting stuff. When there is character development, it is interesting. When there is sort of like a bit of a message to it, it is interesting. Now, I'm not saying that anyone's going to be watching Shoot 'em Up, come away and think like, wow, my, my, my ideas on the Second Amendment have totally changed. You know what I mean? It's not, and I don't <laughs> think the film's trying to go for that either. But it's putting in something fairly interesting where you wouldn't have expected to see it. In a film that's titled Shoot 'em Up, you just wouldn't have expected to see any of it. So the fact that it's there, I found very interesting. Um, it's not, it's, it's paced well, considering it's just action all the time. It's paced quite well. So it has the, it's not just boom, 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 boom. It, it gets more as the film comes to its ending. But it does have these quiet bits in between that lets you sort of, you know, take a, take a little breather. Uh, it's not laughing at the audience either. I, we, you know, we, we're saying the audience wouldn't get it. Well, we're the audience. We all got these things. You know, I, I don't know who we're talking about here. I think people, I, I, people like a variety of different films. You know, you're saying like you're surprised that I like this film, but if I want a, a, a stupid action film that's got enough about it to keep me interested, this is where I go. You know, this is what this is what I want. If I wanted a more serious film, obviously I wouldn't watch Shoot 'Em Up, but. You know, I like very serious films. I like I like a lot of different ones. And so I'm the audience in that sense. I don't think there's an audience of just people who are like, you know, like lad going around with like, you know, beer just going like, rugby and more shooting. You know, I don't think that exists. Sure? Like, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, that's my best impression. <laughs> <of that. laughs> I, I don't think that audience does exist. I think people would understand. I don't think, I think there's, most people would. It's pretty in your face, the stuff it's talking about. And those little in-jokes and Easter eggs, well, yeah, you know, I, I think the first time I watched it, I probably didn't get the Wolf PPK one, but you know, it's nice for them to put in. I don't, I don't, I definitely don't think the director, the director didn't make this to laugh at his audience because I mean that's just an insane thing to do. But he, he also just really loves, obviously has a love of action. You can see that people have loved action films. I, I, I almost have the sad idea that it was a bunch of people sat round. And they all brought their own ideas about what, a, what an inventive action sequence would be. And they got about 15 of them and, and, put, and sort of put them together, tied it together with enough plot to make it interesting with a little bit of depth and believable. And, and that's what you got. You got shoot them up. And, you know, the, the only thing, the last thing I'll say on this, because I don't really have much more to say is, I was just thinking after it had finished, you know, and I was just entertained. That's the best thing I can say. I was, I was just entertained at the end of this film. Okay. Um, Dave, how mm-hmm. did you feel at the end of this film? <laughs> um, I, I got through it this time. The first time I, I was really excited when I heard, you know, Paul Giamatti is a bad guy. You know, this is new directors doing an homage to, to John Woo films. That was, this was when it came out in 2000. I remember talking to Alex in the pub about it, like 2006, before this film came out. And I was like, oh, I'm really excited about this film. Then it came out and I got about halfway through. No, not even that. I got a half an hour into it. And I switched it off when I first watched it. This was my first time watching it all the way through. It's it's not for me. 
it's really not. I'm not saying that the director's laughing at his audience in any way. No, Alex is right. That is an insane thing to do. But I think he got too preoccupied by putting in what what amused him. He forgot that he had, for the first time in his life, a huge budget to play with and, you know, a studio to make a film for. And this had to be this had to appeal to more people than him and his mates. He had to make a film that people were going to turn up to the box office and watch. And Alex and Alex. Um, And obviously, by the box office figures, he didn't do that. And by the reception it got, he didn't do that. This film, I think he tried. It wanted to be a parody. I think this film, he set out to make a comedy. And I think he set out to parody the films which he loved. But he's not done so in a smart enough way. And I think if you're going to go, like I say, I've, I've said it before. I've been saying it a few times. You've got to go all in. And he didn't. He kind of hesitated. And his jokes aren't funny. You know, he, he, the, the joke about uh, Clive Owen being like Bugs Bunny and Paul Giamatti being like Elmer Fudd, that joke is hammered home to you uh, a few times, you know, with the, the quotes um, and the carrots and things like that. And you hammer the joke home, fine. It's not that funny a joke to begin with. Okay, Bugs Bunny, right. Move, on, move along. And, you know, you keep repeating these same unfunny jokes that he probably thinks are hilarious and great references to put in but it just doesn't have that mass appeal and it just won't appeal to everyone who's watching this film. It's not that people won't get it because he's not trying to hide any hidden meaning in here. What you see is what you get, but I just don't think people are going to like it. And like when I come to your parties, Gav, and have a few drinks and I keep telling you the same joke over and over again, like the same story that I've told you for the last 15 years. It's like that and you you mate like just, oh yeah, well, in Aussie, nice one. And then you get back to the rest of your mates. It's that sort remember, of vibe, like last New Year. Yeah, when I, I come around, the humor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I was thinking ever this humor sound like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be shouting at you to shut the fuck up and then run out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex, anything else you'd like to say? Sum up this film in two words. It's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I remember, no, it's less about the film. I just remember being in the pub and I think we all met up and I was like, because normally I, I, I we'd, you'd sort of been going on about different films you liked and I was like, no, nah, I'm not really into that. And you were like, oh, you know, you just, you, you're too, you think you're all that, you know, you're too highbrow dickhead and stuff like that. I watched Shoot 'em Up and was like, great, I can finally talk to the guys. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I like, ran in and was like, who likes Shoot 'em Up? I thought it was brilliant. And everyone was like, no, it was shit. <laughs> like, you know, like, what? Like, what? Like, I don't understand how people, how you could take it seriously enough not to like it. Did you it's ever think, though, was... that maybe it was just you? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. It is. After the last 20 years, it's starting to start to look like it. Like, behind your back, we're all talking about how great Shoot Em Up was. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just hide I my tree of life poster. I want to agree with him. He just, just pisses me off too much. <laughs> I hide my signed tree of life poster whenever you come around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Uh, before we go on any further about Tree of Life, Alex, I, I <laughs> think you've got a good quiz for us this week it's definitely a quiz um, <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah i've got a quiz uh, as as i was saying uh, you know this film starts with a pretty inventive death you know carrot through carrot through the head so i started to, i did a quiz on inventive deaths in other action films so uh first question uh who does commando advise to let off some steam in the film commando bang dave bennett well done. Well done, Dave. <laughs> That's awesome. Very well done. Um, in Gremlins, how does Billy's mum off three of the little monsters in the kitchen? Bam. Microwave? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, microwave. One for Aussie. 
But I, I, I was going to say, put I should have gone. I was going to say, put him in the blender. So two I points, got it wrong, Gav. Though. Two points, Aussie. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Gav. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine. Yeah, Microwave blender. blender. Yeah. And the other and one? Kitchen knife. Kitchen knife. Well done, Dave. Yeah. I was watching the video of it. And, you know, I have to say, if you hadn't watched the rest of the film, as, you know, I haven't for a while, one of the gremlins is just throwing plates at her in a very sort of not very hard way. I mean, they're barely getting, they're barely clearing a foot and she just brutally stabbed him. <laughs> uh, maybe there was some other things going on beforehand. I'm pretty sure the camera like zooms in on its little face. <laughs> <Yeah>. just, <laughs> just like, <laughs> <laughs> quite horrendous. I was, I was definitely on their side in that. Yeah, but the thing is, is, is what you didn't know as well, which makes it all the more horrific, was that that gremlin was actually a Greek waiter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll, uh, I'll carry on. Uh, in... Dante's Peak, how does the grandma die? Uh, I watched quite recently. Bang. Yes. Um, she gets out of a boat into a lake of what is essentially acidic water because of yes. the volcanic ash, and she drags the boat to the shore, yes. burning herself in the process. She does. What's also, if you've watched the film recently, what's also, it looks utterly pointless, <laughs> like utterly yeah. Like useless that she does that. The boat, the boat's pretty much to shore. She could have stayed. <laughs> she could have yeah. stayed in, and they'd have all been fine. But she decides to jump out and just burn herself to death. In acid. Yeah. Like, watch it, like, got... Is anyone going to mention the fact of like, well, this is your fault? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, Pierce Brosnan's got his shirt wrapped around his hand. He's paddling. He's getting there. You know, he's, he's getting fine. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Literally, wait two seconds. She's like, no, I best jump out and pull it. To... Like, I can't hear about James Bond one more fucking time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was James Bond, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, now we're on James Bond. I've got a couple of James Bond questions coming up. Uh, in Tomorrow Never Dies, Pierce Boston as Bond, as Bond throws a henchman into a printing pet press, which gets blood all over the newspaper. What is Bond's punchline? Oh. They'll put anything in the papers these days. Oh, I'll give it to you. They'll print anything these days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, in uh, another Bond film, Live and Let Die, how does Dr. Kananga get it? Bang. Dave. Literally, bang. It's like a pressure, it's a, it's a shark bullet, isn't it? It's a pressurized capsule that yes. Bond sticks in his mouth and detonates. Yes. So he inflates like a big balloon and pops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm guessing, I haven't seen Live and Let Die for many, many years, but I'm guessing that is the main villain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally is. He literally, he's in the water, he puts a shark pellet, he goes up and he literally, as, as, as he, as a big balloon goes up to the ceiling, he makes the sound. <laughs> and then explodes he basically makes a farting noise and then explodes I mean it was Roger Moore starting as he meant to continue wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's fair, to be fair yeah. at least it wasn't a slide whistle <laughs> no, no I know that's in the next film uh, next question what happened to Cyclops in X-Men 3 and why did it happen what are you talking about when he died mm-hmm. what, how does, what happens to Cyclops in it Oh, um, he hooks Jane Grey, and she's yeah, she's becoming like nuclear, isn't she? And she essentially evaporates him. He's trying to yeah, calm her down, though. Is, is you know, he is, but you don't see it happen. Why did that happen? Because it's a pretty weird ending, isn't it, for Cyclops? who's was pretty massive in the first two films. You had the whole thing with Wolverine going on. Did he, he ever fallen out screen. with the? Did he ever fallen out with people, and he stopped working? Was he on strike? He was so he did. wasn't working, but not because he fell out with them. He James Marsden had a role on Superman Returns. 
Oh, okay. So basically, nah. just couldn't. He's that limited to one day only. So we just decided to just like be like, get rid yeah. of him. He's Kill a very him. loved character. He's massive part, but yeah, just he's not. Fuck him God. off! If you're not going to commit, just, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you're out. You're out. Same what we've done with Joel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I really wish you hadn't evaporated, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> and very last question: uh, That's a in- quirrell bent of the death with us. No. Oh. <laughs> good, good. Do you know what, Ozzy? Another point <laughs> for thinking of a better question. In Terminator 2, what is John Connor's foster parent, who's played by Xander Berkeley, doing when he dies? Oh, bam. Uh, this is where he deserves to die. He's drinking a carton of milk without using the glass. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know that because it's still attached to him with the blade goes in. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And that is my question on uh, hideous deaths in cinema. Well done. Well done. Uh, uh, this has been uh, more tricky than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. As soon as Alex started speaking and he, he, started, he gave me the plot summary of, of the, a film called Shoot Him Up, starring Clive Owen as a carrot-toting maniac. <laughs> I thought, well, there's only one way this is going to go. <laughs> uh, you know, Alex says it's nuts, it's fun, it's inventive, and it gets the tone absolutely perfectly. But even Alex admitted that the plot is thin and the characters could maybe have been developed a little bit more. Ozzy and Dave said it felt a little bit too much, over-excessive, it lacks character development, and that Clive Owen delivered a pretty monotonous performance. Uh, however, and although I do feel that Alex may have sold me some magic beans here, I'm reluctantly going to put it on the hit list. Mainly, before I say about why, why, why my true opinion on this, I, so I, I felt I, this was a very uphill struggle <laughs> since you, for many years, been telling me how much you hate shoot 'em up. So, <laughs> like, no, no, no. I, I'm in the same boat as Dave. I watched the first time round and I thought it was utterly shite. But I've gone back and I've watched a number of films that I watched years ago that I thought weren't good. And I've been actually pleasantly surprised. And also, vice versa, I've gone back and watched films that I loved and realized, oh, that's actually not very good. So, I was quite open to, to, to this, you know, debate. I thought, you know, I can be bent either way to be honest and <laughs> and you would try um but yeah yeah i just feel that you know I, that you were incredibly passionate and i think your passion waved this for me and to be honest it does sound like it's the sort of film that you could just put on like when you're just feeling a bit down or you just like want something mindless to put on in the background and you just want to see somebody you know be shot many times and you know yeah i'd feel like it's one of those films that you could just put on in the background and you can enjoy no matter what time and i i I mentioned about the passion before i just think that maybe dave and ozzy were holding back a bit and i don't know maybe i'm wrong here but maybe i think that they too perhaps enjoyed it a little bit but we'll find out anyway um alex like firstly i want to see are you as passionate about this film as you made out yeah i am i am and i'm surprised myself because it's not a film i would i would really love but it 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 perfectly hits that point you know when you're saying about a mindless film to put on and just enjoy the sort of the violence but it ha- but it does have enough of little bits going on that keeps you interested the monica bellucci you know backstory the bit so so no i i i meant everything i said i i don't know i just really like the film and i think it just it serves a purpose and i actually think it's quite an interesting film in how much it's tried to strip back 
all of the things that are necessary in many action shoot 'em up films and just give you the pure experience uh, for, for an hour and 20. And another massive thing I love about it doesn't outstay its welcome. Like, I, I'm more films should be an hour and a half. Okay. And, um, Arcee, what did you think about it? You're, you're quite a simple mind, aren't you? You're pleased by a lot of <laughs> right, things. <yeah. laughs> Do you know what, right? But, uh, Alex, Alex summed it up, and as Dave quite quite often says, you know, was I not entertained? And I was entertained. I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, the actual story is fucking out. It's just out of this world. It, like, it, it's essentially like this American senator, he's running for president, and, and the, the woman... He's trying to harvest the baby so he can like <laughs> stay alive just long enough to be the president or something like that. It's just like sounds a little bit too close to home. To <laughs> yeah, well, I was kind of thinking, but you know, it's just fucking, it's just batshit crazy, right? But when I said it doesn't go far enough, mate, it goes far enough and then <laughs> and then some. It's just from the first scene when he hammers this fucking carrot through someone's head because up, up to that point I was like you know when you're like oh, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy this and I saw that I was like what the fuck am I watching <laughs> and then after that it was just that like every you know five or seven minutes I was like what the fuck was that scene all about that's just who came up with that as a as an idea you know like fucking shooting the roundabout to make it go faster so nobody <laughs> can catch the baby it's just absolutely ludicrous and and it's it's totally fine because you can you can have it on and just go that's boss and and i think i'm kind of right by saying it's a bit like watching a computer game but you'd enjoy it it's like if your mate was sat there playing this mental fucking computer game it's got just enough storyline to understand what's going on but really it's just kill all the bad guys yep. and it and it was fine and don't get shot well, and this I, guy does it perfectly. I, I have I have been that mate who has watched um, friends play computer games, mainly Captain Dave, uh, who I've invited fans <laughs> to my house for, to play several games. I don't know why, Dave, but they like, literally invited you around to my house to play the, the first two Batman games and just sat there I was watching keeping you. Your co- it was while you were ill. I was keeping you company. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sat there in silence and played on your PS4. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Now, I'm uh, glad I didn't get you. Me are guys. welcome. You know, I'd, I'd be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 Dave. Uh, like, what, what we're talking about here, you're the you're the one that intrigues me the most. How did you find this film? Well, true enough. When I first watched this, I, I thought I was really going to enjoy it, and I did switch it off after about half an hour. Um, so now I've watched it a second time. Watched it all the way through. I wish I could have switched it off after half an hour. I really don't like <laughs> oh, it. Oh, no. I really, really don't like this film. I it, it's oh, just no. not good. It's not. It's not a bit of me. This it really isn't. I, I see what the director's trying to do, and I appreciate what he's tried to do. Um, and you know, if if you're into that sort of thing, if you like this, then then great. You know, it's, it is a very Marmite film, but I'm on the other side of the coin. I genuinely dislike this film quite intensely. And even more so now, I've seen the whole thing as opposed to the half hour that I'd previously seen. But as you were saying, you know, people's girlfriends aren't going to like this. Cat loves it. Cat really? Cat wow. really enjoys this film. She's got the DVD. She was like, I, I can't believe, for years now, she's been like, I can't believe you don't like shoot 'em up. Maybe it's a couple's thing. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe, what brings you maybe. together. That one of you can one like it, and the other one, one must not like it. Yeah, I just yeah, there's there's nothing here for me. The performances, the story, even the action seems stale. I've seen it done better. I haven't seen someone get a carrot ram through the back of his head. I, I, I will admit that, but um, yes. I don't know. There's just nothing here for me. 
I made, I made, because, uh, you know, I made the thing, because I do love this film, but I was like, I, before we did the podcast episode, I was like, it's okay if it goes on the shit list. You're kind of missing the point. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're taking shooting up deeply seriously, and I was like, oh my God, no, it has to be on the, it's like, I've missed the point of shooting up. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it can go easily on either list. Do you know what I mean? Right, and, so and, that's and, the thing. And, I if mean... Someone's, and, and Dave's saying he doesn't like it. It's like, yeah, I completely understand why you might not. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's not one of those films where it's like, how did you not? I I think that that's the thing. I think like it's not going to be like head and shoulders with Alex's other favorite films, like you know The Godfather or Citizen Kane or whatever, (laughs) when it comes to the hit list. But I do think that, well, judging by what Alex has has, uh, laid out on Austin there as well, is that it has set about um, with a very specific goal, and it's achieved that goal. You know, it's gone to be like a certain type of film, and it's and it's done that well. And you know, yeah, and I am looking forward to to watching it. I'm going to be watching it as a recover after a procedure. um, You know, bed rest. (laughs) So I don't know whether that's going to do me any harm or not. (laughs) I think Clive Owen gets your heart rate up at least at any point. (laughs) Him and Brad Pitt. So, um, and anything else to add about this film? Oh no, actually, I suppose we should do the uh, higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Mulan, which scored seventy three percent on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Lower. I haven't actually yeah. looked this up because I didn't Definitely want to. I'd, I'd say high fifties, maybe sixties. Yeah, I'd say it's going to be about that. It's it is Marmite. It really is. Sixty seven percent. And oh, uh, it's actually got higher than I expected. Yeah, it's much higher than I And it's uh, it's actually got a higher audience score um, of sixty five percent as well. Um, oh. Anything else to add on this film before we call it a day? You know, who else quite liked it. Roger it, Ebert. Did he? <laughs> he really <laughs> did. He, did he, 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 really, he really enjoyed it. The real Roger Ebert, like the it. real Roger Ebert as well. I was yeah, then, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, not just some guy who writes on his site. Yeah, the, the real <laughs> Roger Ebert really enjoyed it. Wow. I thought it was the most bonkers action film you'd ever seen, but he. Uh, Gave it like three out of four stars or something, yeah. So oh, wow. Me and Roger. Just See, there, yeah. me and Roger Shit. don't agree always. <laughs> three and a half stars, <laughs> not, just, not just three stars. Three and a half stars. Wow, three and a half yeah. stars out of four. That's bad. I wonder what lost the half a star. <laughs> no, no. Not enough carrots. <laughs> it really annoys me that he uses four stars as his... Um, as his score, I think actually. it's a specific thing, like ones for acting, ones for direction, oh, ones. I don't. I think so. I might, I might be wrong yeah. now. Um, it's a, a little thing from me about this film. So the director, um, as I was just doing a bit of prep for for, for the film, I didn't want to look up too much about it, so I didn't look up any scores or on IMDb or whatever. But I just wanted to see who directed it and you know who the cast were. And um, the ta- what's the director's name? Is it Mark Michael Davis? Davis? Michael Davis. Yeah. So he also wrote and directed a film called Eight Days a Week. Right, which has got nothing to do with the Beatles. It's just a rom com. <laughs> now, I remember watching this, like, I've seen it years and years ago. And I remember it as being like quite a sweet love story between a nerd and a popular girl getting together. Right? And I was like, oh, it's been a while since I've seen that. I'll, I'll check that out. You know, you go on a bit of a, a black hole then, don't you? I clicked it and I reread the synopsis and I, it reads as following Right, Peter loves his next door neighbor, Erica. And on the advice of his grandfather, decides to camp out in a front lawn for the entire summer. <laughs> so like, that's already like weird. But hang on, it gets worse. Or until she agrees to go out with him. 
his father is none too happy about the idea and refuses to let his son back in the house even to get a change of clothes. So not only have you got this weird <laughs> predator like just camped out on your lawn, but he's also an unwashed one at that. Now, this is really where the synopsis takes a, a bit of a turn. Uh, Peter's friend, Matt, thinks Peter should give up on women like he has and just have sex with fruit. <laughs> fruit? <laughs> fruit. And have a total devotion to just masturbation. That's the synopsis. Wow. Right, now, I'm not saying that that's going to be on the back of the DVD, but that is the official synopsis on IMDb. Uh, so hey, that's man. all I'm saying. So. <laughs> The man knows how to get a pitch. Get exactly. Through, do you know but, what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is that, like, as we were talking about before, having, you know, opinions changed after many years, like, yeah. watching that originally, I thought it was quite nice. Reading that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, so the next film on trial has been pulled out of the hat at random, and it's going to be Galaxy Quest. Uh, so all of the roles have been also picked out of the hat at random, and in defense of Galaxy Quest, is going to be Captain Dave. In prosecution is going to be Alex and Ozzy. And in the role of judge, it's going to be me again. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. Uh, now, just to say thanks to everybody who's listened to this episode. If you like the episode, please remember to give us a like, give us a share, give us a subscribe. And why not leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts? And yeah, just if, if you if you want to listen to more content, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at Film Trials. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Films on Trial. That's it, everyone. Shoot 'em Up is a hit. I'm surprised more than anybody, I think. But we are going to be <laughs> directly in your ears next week with Galaxy Quest. Goodbye. I do somehow die tomorrow. Bula Crow has got to be watched by all of you. <laughs> oh no, come every on. Year, oh, every year, every year. Every year. Every year. Can we not disagree? You'll try and get your soul in the body of Joel's newborn. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>